there anything worse than a dull blade? Well, yeah, lots of things, I guess. Poverty, war, being a Celtics fan right about now. I should have your hat for that. Snatch it right off your head. But I'm feeling gracious today, so carry on before I report you. Mm. Seriously, though, a dull blade is bad. It's unusable. In fact, it's downright dangerous. Knives need sharpening. From Whetstone Boys Ranch in Mountain View, Missouri, comes A Time to Sharpen, a bi-weekly podcast that examines how we can all be better versions of ourselves. Better teachers, better counselors, better parents, better people. Twice a year, Whetstone Boys Ranch hosts a father-son retreat here in Mountain View, Missouri. Dads travel from all over the country to spend a weekend with their son. They join other dads who work here, along with our counseling team, for a series of guided activities and adventures designed to get everyone talking. Talking about expectations, perspectives, frustrations, hopes, and fears. There were many takeaways from this year's retreat, which was led by Matt Foster and Katie Johnston. There were, in fact, so many that we'll have to break this into two pods. The first is called The Myth of Quality Time. Let's get going. Welcome back to A Time to Sharpen. I'm Axel Limata. I'm here with Brandon Maxwell. Hello, Brandon. What's up? How you doing? Hello there. Doing all right, Axel? I'm doing great. Good. Doing great. Nice to see uh, the sun. We've had a whole week of sunshine, so that Mm -hmm. is definitely good for the disposition. Yeah. After all the rain and a little bit of delays. With yeah. some of the, the building projects that we have out here. but Yeah. Well, you know, I say I'm doing great because uh, that's what you're supposed to say. You're but, right. And I'm, do, I'm, doing, I'm doing fair to Midland, I guess you'd say. I've had some car bills. Right. Yeah. Ditto. Teenagers uh, can be rough on the pocketbook. Very, very rough. Um, yes. The, the, the amount of moving parts and things that can go wrong are... Uh, and, you know, we, we tend to buy cars that have problems to begin with and when teenagers are driving them those problems don't generally get better yeah when you they just ignore worse. those lights and stuff <laughs> and just... you can only ignore the, the lights for so long so we had to bring a car in and in the last month we've just been slammed but yeah um yeah well, could be worse let me brighten your day a little bit Axel. go for it so i have eight tires mm-hmm. both of my vehicles bald no tread i right. need i need new tires i actually did get new tires on one um and i need a whole new set of tires on the other so my tires for you and matt foster who think my tread never goes right goes down um there i it is true i had to replace it's actually my tires. published in it's, even the wind there's a chapter where i talk about brandon and i say you know, Brandon's he's good at so many things and one of my examples is even even the, the tread on his tires doesn't wear down, which is like a superhuman ability. But <laughs> he is apparently mortal like the rest of us. So welcome. So yeah, I thought welcome about Welcome to the rest of humanity, just Brandon. Cutting a piece of that rubber off and sending it to Matt. That'd be good. Well. He would like that. Yeah. He <laughs> would he would form some type of object lesson. Yes. But speaking yeah. of Matt Foster he was actually on campus in the flesh with us this past weekend. Yeah, it's good to see him. Yeah, because we had what we call a father-son retreat. It's the second time we've ever done it. 
and it went really, really, really well. Katie Johnston, our therapist here who works with the boys, meets with them at least an hour a week, uh, talks to their parents, does all the therapist stuff. We'll have her on the show hopefully at some point and she can go into more detail about what she does. But we were able to work real closely with Katie and Matt as co as co-workers here at Whetstone, but also as fathers, because we both brought our son along for the for the ride this weekend. Right. Yeah, it's actually a part of our program now that we've made it. Um, the the father son weekend is something that we just work into. Hey, this is an expectation uh, for fathers, and so we also open it up to past uh, graduates and their fathers, and so we had. Uh, a father and his son come that had had graduated previously so so it's good to have them back and uh catch up with them a little bit as well so yeah yeah and if you're interested uh you can check out facebook instagram we put pictures of of the weekend up and um you'll get a sense of what it was like but just to give you a quick rundown we met on friday after work and i actually wasn't able to attend that one so let me hand that off to you and tell tell our sharpeners out there what Friday night was like. Yeah, it just was kind of uh, an icebreaker, for lack of a better term, and just trying to, you know, there's a little bit of awkwardness with guys that don't know each other, and sometimes you don't know. The fathers aren't real sure how their son's going to, you know, treat them when they first get here. There's there's obviously been, you know, some... You know, actually, it's coming back the, to me. I was yeah, there Friday night. You were there because was, you did the... I, I was going to say Saturday morning. Yeah, because you I'm guys really uh, confused. I know for, it threw me off for like, a little bit there because you guys were really familiar to me. Because <laughs> you, Caleb, won the TikTok thing. He did or tic tac toe, not TikTok. Right. Um, but anyway, I'll so yes, Axel. So you just and his son go from here all there. the way to Saturday morning, <laughs> so, and then I'll take it from there. How's that? That sounds good. <laughs> um, so yeah, we were all just here doing activities here at the ranch and just trying to get to know each other and assimilate and just kind of break the ice and kind of set the weekend up. So again, as I was saying, there's a little bit of awkwardness from the fathers and their sons. And then obviously our sons coming in and uh, having interaction with, with the boys who, you know, they're not here every day. So anyways, I, it was just very quickly, it was kind of a, a mood of just of fun and relaxed and um it just i felt like everybody was it was just a good environment i don't know how how else to say it did you mention the one-legged race um yeah we had a a one-legged race uh we had to hold a balloon in between each other's like shoulders or however you could do it without letting the balloon fall out and kind of run back up to a, a line and back you know, so it was a three-legged race. Actually, you oh, had right. your son, and then you tied your middle leg together, and then you had to figure out whoever could. We just broke up into two groups, and whoever could get done quickest won. And then we had beer pong. We played beer pong. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was water and solo. Uh, basically solo cups, and then we played actually tic tac toe. And so whoever could bounce their uh, their balls uh, in the right tic-tac-toe pattern would win. So mm-hmm. so that was pretty fun. Yeah. So just not a whole lot of pretty surface level getting to know each other the first night. And then we kind of dove into some stuff. Saturday yeah, but, but even some of that stuff, uh, even superficially, it seems like it's a fun 
um, icebreaker, but you, you reveal some patterns in how you communicate if you're doing a three-legged race with your son and, and you're not yes. on the same wavelength, yeah. right? Um, or even, you know, competitive games can, those juices can get flowing and some, you can let some things slip or you can get angry that you're not winning or you can have expectations of your son maybe that... Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, Com- right, right. <laughs> competition is, I don't, I don't understand competition. <laughs> it got a little heated at times, but it was all in good, all in good fun. And then Saturday morning, uh, so we knocked off around 9 right? 8.39 on Friday night. And then everyone was back here at 7.30 for yeah. coffee and some breakfast. And Yeah, I think the the main thing that Matt set up on Saturday morning was just, you know, thinking about expectations, uh, some real realistic expectations. He had fathers and sons both just thinking about like, what's your goal for the weekend? Like, what do you want to get out of the weekend? And we talked about that a little bit. Um, and what just, did you say your goal was? My goal was to find out something about Will that I didn't know before. And it could have been just a simple fact mm-hmm. or it could have been, I didn't know, maybe something that right. a way that I, I really treat was, him. I really was the one that broke the window in the garage. <laughs> yeah. That, that wasn't my sister. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so I don't know. That was, that was what I put down. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that... Uh, I found anything out that I didn't know yeah. through that weekend, but they were, I mean, we certainly had, yeah, I mean, just, yeah, didn't. So yeah, it was kind of like, Hey, let's set some realistic expectations. It's a weekend. It's not like we're going to have, you know, solve the world's problems and, sure. and everything this weekend. But, but that's, I mean, I've worked with Matt enough to know that that's an important part of therapy, mm-hmm. the way he does it. And I'm sure a way a lot of therapists do is let's, let's all understand what, we expect out of the other person because a lot of those frustrations that we have in relationships are unmet expectations or unspoken expectations that uh, I, I didn't know that you that was so important to you you didn't know that x was so important to me um so that's that's in, and a lot of these things were kind of setting up those discussions that'll happen later on because like you said it was a yeah. short period of time what did um, i'm curious what did will say about what he expected Trying to remember what he said. Putting you on the spot here. I know. Your listening skills. I don't. Uh, I don't recall what Will said. Maybe that'll come to me. That's all right. He, yeah. That's all right. There was a lot. There was a lot that went on and a lot of discussion. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Is just all of the different things that came up. We we sat down in our little pre-production meeting. Yes, which was you know amounted to a thirty-minute discussion that we had yesterday at the end end of the day, and just looked at our notes and uh, we both had a couple pages of just really, really good. Yeah, uh, I think sage wisdom that was passed along to us from Matt and from the other fathers as we talked with each other and things that we took away from the experiences that we had. So we're gonna um, we're gonna jump right into that after I talk about. Uh, the uh, oh the toolbox we should mention the toolbox yeah uh, you all, all work together and, and then we branded that on Sunday as a symbol of the of the weekend and of of the tools that we want them to bring along in their life as they get older and right. as they become men and what we're what tools we're sharing with them and then we went on a canoe trip and went to 
Eminence, right? And um, there's a Jack's Fork. Jack's Fork went through a company called Wendy's, which mm-hmm. is a really good company we've used many times. Shout out to them. Yeah. And spent about four hours, three four hours canoeing and and intentionally canoeing. Yes. Not not kayaking. It was very uh, mm-hmm. adamant that we use canoes. Uh, fathers in the back, boys up front. There was a lot of analogies. Oh man, we're gonna that. we're gonna dive into that for sure. Yeah. And uh, then we came back, and uh, we were all on our own to go out for dinner and have some, a discussion. And we had a set of questions that we were supposed to ask our son, and another son was supposed to ask us. And then we came back on Sunday morning and had kind of a small, well, large group discussion of everyone all together. And then we broke up into fathers and sons. And then we had a ceremony at the end where we branded the boxes, and everyone went on their way. Yeah. Quick weekend. Yeah, very, very, very well planned. Um, was real proud of all the work that, that Katie and, and Matt did to make that come off. And it's really the first time that I've been able to participate in the program as a father. Yeah. So it was a really interesting experience to to be on the other side, but still, I was still here as a Whetstone employee because there were certain yeah. obligations I had. Um but walking that line, we'll talk about it, was, uh, was kind of fascinating for me. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, all, all I did was just rent the canoes and mm-hmm. kind of make sure that was, was all set up. But, mm-hmm. you know, the, I guess since the beginning, it's like our hands have been in like every group that comes here. And it's just like, there's always so much work to do with all that. And you know how much goes into that. And so... I found myself like I, I didn't hear anything about all that. I just got some snippets from Katie of like updates and and hadn't heard from Matt or anything. So I was always kind of checking in. because <laughs> like everything everything okay, everything good. You need mm-hmm. any help or right? You know. And so it was just I guess that was my my nervousness wanting knowing how much work goes into that and wanting them to have a good experience. But Katie did a great job with all that. And, yeah. You know, I too was able to. Mostly just relax and have my son here and be a part of that weekend and yeah. not worry about a whole lot of extra stuff. So. For sure. So we talked about what, what we would title this. Um, and by the way, this is most likely going to be a two-parter because uh, there was just so much that, that went on. And there were kind of two different groups of parents, too, and, and two different types of discussions that we're having. One was boys who were adopted and the dads who were able to, to come together and share their experiences and were dealing with some some pretty severe attachment issues. And then there was the other group of dads who they, they were with their birth sons. And not that they don't have attachment issues, but they're usually not quite as quite as severe. And of course, we're, we're, we brought both of our sons who are our, our, our birth sons. So those are they're not two like totally different discussions, but we thought we'd kind of break this up into just what we got out of it as dads and and wisdom and parenting skills and stuff that would apply to ninety percent of the people listening, the sharpeners out there, and the other ten, or maybe more percent of of people who are dealing yeah. with a situation where the issues are arriving from um, adoption, right. So we thought we'd title this one, um, The Myth of Quantity Time. No, The Myth of Quality Time. The Myth of Quality Time. The Myth of Quality Time. Yes. 
So that was actually discussed on Saturday morning from what I remember. So I'm going to hand that one off to you and you, you paraphrase the way Matt set that up. Okay. Yeah. I, I think just simply a lot of times we set up too many expectations. Um, and I think this is, you know, even in general, with just expectations of our sons, you know, we want them to do so much. And I think we don't uh, realize how much weight we put on our sons and we put on ourselves as well with just this quality time myth, as we're talking about, is just like everything, we feel like everything's got to be just so, everything's got to be, you know, set up perfectly. And it's the old paralysis by analysis um, statement of, you just you don't overthink it. It's like you you can't manufacture the the good times. You can't manufacture like the real moments that our sons remember and the real connection that we have. It just has to happen organically, and the way that happens is just to get out and do it. So so quality quantity time equals quality time. It's not just like, okay, I got all this stuff set up and it's just kind of our nature as men to like kind of control and get things set up. And it's just like, everything's so perfect. I got this set up. I got that set up. We're going to have the perfect boat for this fishing excursion. And then we're going to just create this memory that's going to blow everything out of the water. Mm -hmm. Like that's not how things work. No. The things well, that our kids remember are things that happen organically and usually when things blow up. Right. Yeah, we remember what went wrong on the trip <laughs> yeah. or we remember the uh, the stops along the way. You know, how many vacations yeah. do you take where you, it's fuzzy what where you went, but the trip there yeah. when you ate at a Waffle House in St. Louis, you know, that's Still oddly specific, but uh, that's my memory. Had decision. <laughs> uh, <laughs> dude, that's what you remember. So... That's that's the quality that arose from the quantity of all that time we spent together. I think we also will use that as an excuse as dads for our um, times when we put work in front of our family or Mm -hmm. if we're just just slammed and, and trying to survive. It could be a difficult period of time at work where you're just trying to make sure you keep your job or, or keep your head above water. And so you, you, you put off having that time with your family by saying, oh, but when we do have time, it's going to be really, really good as if it's going to make up for the fact that you weren't there. Right. And, you know, we all go through seasons. We're not trying to beat each other up by saying that um, there aren't times when you have to sacrifice and get stuff done at work. I mean, we're going through kind of one of those right now with the building of the... Uh, Foundations the foundation's house. house for the next year. It's going to be pretty busy, you know, yeah. all hands on deck at times. Um, but we have to remember to not just remember that the one is not a substitute for the other. I mean, so anytime you can pour yeah. in and, and do that and also to remember and don't feel bad about the fact that maybe you're not able to, to have that, that quality time that you want. It's not as good as it, as you have in your head. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Just put in the time. Right. Yeah, one of the, I think it was Gabe's son, actually, uh, Wes, that w- when we were kind of going through some of those questions and that, that quality time versus quali- quantity time uh, issue came up. But he, he just said one of his most memorable parts of the day of just going, we were talking about the canoe trip, was the trip up there. And they mm-hmm. played some games in the yep. van with everybody. It was just like, name that tune, you know, and everybody's family maybe has different traditions and um, but just 
let's just be intentional with a van ride or, you know, if you got six hours of vehicle time to get to your destination, wherever you're going, like make it fun, yeah. be, be intentional with that. Cause those are the things that often our kids remember. Um, yeah, you so, introduced me to the term windshield time, yeah, which I've, I've, I've used a lot since you threw it out there and, uh, that's, that's a really good example. It's time you're in the car, you know, it's not what we would determine as real quality time. You're just gobbling up the road. Yeah. And uh, that, that can lead to some really good discussions and, and some really fun memories. Um, for, I remember um, just playing a lot of ABBA. My parents listened to ABBA. Oh, yeah. And uh, we, we would play Annie over and over, the musical Annie. Yeah. And um, Roger Whitaker. Do you remember Roger Whitaker? I know the name. Yeah, uh, he was. I, a, I know Roger Miller better. But. No, Roger Whitaker. He's like a Canadian. Oh, how to describe him? Kind of a folk singer, but um, he does some songs in French, and it's really catchy. Okay. Kind of like a cross between Gordon Lightfoot and Neil Diamond, and uh, I don't know. It's odd, but he he was able to sell his music directly to his fans. Hmm. Uh, so you would order his records okay. through through the mail, nice. and you wouldn't go to the record store generally. And he was one of the first guys to take advantage of like uh, uh, telemarketing, like direct marketing. Yeah, yeah. direct marketing, huh, right. and it really worked for him. Yeah, um, interesting. He's probably not going to end up in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or anything, but very fond memories listening to Roger Whitaker. Yeah, for any of you out there who have that uh, that same memory, I'd be interested to hear from anyone who does. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny, um, but. So Brandon and I were floating down the river together, and for a period of time, we, we were actually, you know, we had split up the staff, one staff in front, one in the middle, one in the back, talking about how there was that blurring of the lines. I'm still working here, but I'm with my son. Yeah. So I, you had meant to start off in the back. You assigned me to the middle, and uh, right out of the gate, one of the parents <laughs> yeah. tipped their canoe with their son, and I happened to be with that person who was in the middle. Right. So... Like right out the gate, I'm in. The, I was in the back because yeah, like, I, well, I had to stay that with point. that person and and help them and right. coach them through it. And they, this particular dad, didn't have a whole lot of experience with with the canoe or with paddling in general. And it was it was tough going for the first thirty minutes before they figured out how they were going to do it. It was great for their relationship, I think, though, to work through some of that stuff. In any case, uh, everything got topsy turvy. So maybe halfway through the trip, we ended up kind of floating in the general vicinity of each other and which happened to be kind of near the back and we were with both of our sons and we came upon uh, a cool looking cave and our boys of course immediately were like hey we want to go explore the cave and we thought well you know we have to stay with the group we have some I was feeling the tug I think you were too about I'm a Whetstone employee here too I can't just do whatever the heck I want with my son on this trip right but somehow we just kind of like coalesced around the idea that, uh, ah, let's just let them explore, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was, I mean, to bring up another concept that we mm -hmm. discussed this weekend was just being joy killers as yeah. dads, you know, and being, it goes back to just the practicality and the thing, we, you know, our control. And it's just like, it's easy for us to rationalize, oh, we're... We need to stay with the group. Um, we don't have time for this, and we don't know what's up there. Like, 
could be snakes. I mean, you can come up with a thousand reasons why not to be. Cause, mm-hmm. And what it boils down to is like you don't want to do it necessarily. Like I don't want to, to actually get out and go explore that. Right. Um, and so a lot of times, um, so just thinking about don't be a joy killer. Like obviously we need to be safe and, and keep our kids um safe and and whatnot and there's times for those things and times where there's not right but don't make your decision based on just because it's inconvenient right you know and another thing that came up during the weekend was uh, along with this concept of joy killing is sometimes our saying no to our kids is really a result of our not wanting to be inconvenienced with them getting getting hurt (laughs) yes right like so like we might very... say, oh, you might get hurt, or that's dangerous. And while that might be the case, we all understand that we have to learn from our bumps and bruises in life, and we're not going to overprotect our kids. But we will excuse our laziness by saying, uh, let's just let's be safe. Because um, really what we're saying is, I don't have time to deal with your injury right now. Yeah. I don't, and, and that's or true money. emotionally. <laughs> or money. Yeah, or money. That's true emotionally as well. We just don't have that time. Um, whether that's perceived or actually true. But we let them climb up this uh, into this cave. It ended up being a cliff that they climbed up. Right. The cave was pretty much non-existent, but the cliff kind of a big portion of it, yeah. cliff portion of it. So at various times during their climb, they would say, hey, Dad, you know, like, look up here, like, Oh, okay. So they're they're that far, and it's like, oh, that's great, you know. And then you know, a couple minutes later, they'd say, hey, oh man, look up here. And they'd be way over on this other side, and uh, you know, part of me, because my son can be a little bit daring and uh, yeah, since cavalier. kids, Caleb and and Will have gotten higher they and love higher in high the trees. Spaces. <laughs> yeah, super high spaces, and I've been climbing with him on things before, and and uh, he just has a, a, just no fear when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I was a little nervous, and uh, everything worked out. They got back down, and yeah. and that was Caleb's best memory of the whole trip. Right, you know? same with Will. Of course, he told me later on that there was a memorial up at the top of the cliff, you know, a wreath and a cross. <laughs> hey, what is this cross? You know, if I'd have known about that beforehand, I might not have said, uh, go ahead. Or I might have put some boundaries or some limits on where he could climb. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, it, that's another point we can work our way into because that's what the weekend was. It was just a bunch of object lessons. Right. It's like we had this experience. This happened. This is what we drew from it. Um, and so one of those is, is boundaries. We have to set up boundaries for our kids. We have to keep them safe. But where is that line of um, your inconvenience? This boundary is for my convenience and not really for your, for your good. Yes. We should always be asking ourselves that question. As parents. Yeah. I mean, that was, I don't, I mean, it was something that we experience all the time that, or at least I, I, I don't know. I just invent, it seems like these days, cause it's, life gets so busy and I always have to just, it was a good reminder to just think before I make a decision. Like when Will asked me a question about that, it just reminded my initial reaction was now we need to stay with the group. Like you probably heard me say that, man, it's exactly mm-hmm. what I said right away. But then he's just like, man, I could just see how much he wanted to really do it. Mm-hmm. It's just like, why not? Like, what's the worst that can happen? The group like waits an extra 10 minutes right. on a cool river uh-huh. swimming, like big deal. Yeah. You know? So I really have to fight that because it's just, just the busyness yeah. of, um, and just really what are we, and what do we teach our kids through that? 
You know, we we like to say uh, we sharpen the character of young men by telling them no, <laughs> which is humorous and, and right. And there's yeah. some truth there, but we don't always have to say no. We no. don't have to always be the joy and, killers. And when we say that at Whetstone, uh, we're usually talking about like entitlement. Yes. Like, can I have a third scoop of ice cream? No. Yeah. You know, can I have this uh, beverage, you know, really sweet carbonated beverage, you know, with my yeah. meal? Yeah, um, I won't mention the product because I want those companies to come talk to us about possibly about sponsoring. sponsoring the show. Yeah, yeah, so there you go. Yeah, so if you, you wanted me to say <laughs> a, a soda drink that starts with P, then then contact us. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can. Uh, one last thing on the quant- quantity versus quality time that I would like to mention that was that we talked about was just you can't really know what quality is until you put in the time. Mm. Like, how do you know exactly what, like with anything, you know, the whole 10,000 hour principle or whatever, like you, to know quality is to spend time on that thing, um, whatever it is, whether it's your job or your hobby or relationships. And so we don't really truly know and, and grasp what good quality time is with any of our family members until it's just, we put in the time and it's spent. Yeah. Um, so that's, to kind of move on from there and, and to encourage moms and dads, teachers and counselors, it just, just put in the time. It doesn't have to be totally structured all the time, but just invest. Right. And you, and, and you'll, you'll get the rewards. Yeah, I know. And I, from seeing Matt and, and Katie work with boys, sometimes their therapy is just, they're just going to go for a walk. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's putting in time. That's mm-hmm. logging in the hours. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just going to, uh, we're just going to sit out here in the pagoda and uh, we're going to look at the birds and we're going to we're going to feel the breeze and we're going to breathe the air. And so and we had this discussion, Gabe and I did. Gabe's our headmaster in the school. And every other week we have a larger, a longer film discussion. It's kind of like group therapy, kind of like film appreciation. But we were talking to the guys about the difference between Willow, which is a good film, kind of a cult classic starring Val mm-hmm. Kilmer and, and uh, 12 Angry Men. It's like one is one of the greatest films of all time. The other's a fun film to watch. Of course, the guys, when we asked them what's their favorite, Willow. Willow. You know, 12 Angry Men was kind of boring. Although, secretly, they usually really like it, so we continue to show it. And we said, well, we're glad you liked it, but no, no doubt about it, 12 Angry Men is, one, is a greater film. But they haven't spent enough time watching films to know that's a great film. So their understanding of quality was inhibited by the the lack of quantity that they've had watching film. And the fact that it's in black and white. And it's in black and white, yeah. It's like natural walls go up. Yeah. Oh, this is old. This is dumb. Right. I'm not going to watch it. Yep. Um, all right. Well, well, what else? What else? We what have other... a whole list of things here. we got another couple minutes. We could throw out some, some more nuggets of wisdom from the weekend. Well, let's uh, maybe open up a principle or kind of wrap a little bit about the whole you receive balance through tension Mm. uh, discussion. What were some of the things Mm -hmm. that Matt talked about with that? Do you remember? That came up during our group group discussion, and and I've heard him talk about that a lot, like living in tension, living in conflict. It's like a lot of, 
you know, our biggest problems in life are usually from our running away from tension. It's not the, the actual conflict. It's the running away from the conflict. Yeah. So we have to be okay with living in conflict with our teen and parents. It's the same thing. Like I don't have conflict for my son, so I'm going to appease them. So we don't have conflict. Whereas the conflict is a natural part of the process. And we right. related that to the canoe because if you're in a canoe, you got one guy in the front, one guy in the back. All right. So there's some conflict. Mm-hmm. We're set in opposition to each other. And we're both facing the same direction. Yeah. So this, you know, we're talking about, I'm talking about like extreme conflict all the time is good for you. Yeah. But some conflict is healthy. You got one guy on the left and one guy on the right, oftentimes. If you want to steer the canoe or if you really want to turn quickly, you want the guy on the left to paddle forward and the guy on the back right to paddle backwards. And then you mm-hmm. can maneuver and turn and everything. And if you don't understand that principle, literally, in the canoe, you're just going in circles the whole time. Right. And you're going down sideways and you're flipping your canoe and you're fighting about how you're yeah. going to move one way or the other. You can go into a, a, a rock <laughs> sideways. <laughs> exactly. Get Fill the canoe up pretty quickly. Which it happened. Um, it yeah, happened once. We had a couple guys. Twice dump the canoe so the idea is when you're feeling that conflict or and you're feeling the desire to kind of do away with the conflict or you're like why do i have to deal with all of this you know teenagers and everything take a step back and realize okay this is an opportunity for us to learn something Mm -hmm. right this is uh this is going to be good for him later on when he's dealing with conflict with his wife or with his kids or with his boss to know that we might arrive at a better place after having gone through this because I will have shared what I feel, you will have shared what you feel, and we may we may convince one of us may convince the other, or we may arrive at some consensus that's that's better. Yeah, yeah. Matt talked about perspective a little bit too in that discussion, uh, where you learn you learn the different perspectives or where people are coming from coming from as you work through those tense moments mm-hmm. together or you work through that thing together and you don't know, you know, for, I know with our family intensives, a big part of that is for the, the boys to understand more of what the perspective is from the dad or the parents side of you. Like what's their story, you know, and then also being able to, for the dads and the moms to understand, like, really, what is the kid going through? What is his perspective? So, in general, when we can get perspectives and understand, you know, put put ourselves in the other person's shoe, then we can uh, understand that a little bit better and work through that tension. And it's kind of like the canoe is going to be going down the river. You're You're always moving, yeah. right? So you can either work with that current or you're going to be fighting it the whole time. And so the the tension, finding balance through tension is understanding each person's perspective, where they're coming from, and how can we work together to move down this river and avoid, you know, most of the conflicts. You're not going to avoid every conflict. You're not right. going to avoid every rock. You're not going to avoid every tree or log. Or There's unforeseen things underneath the surface. But when you're working in unison, you're able to navigate things and at least enjoy what's what's around you instead of like internally fighting all the time yeah and in a canoe you guys are together whether you like it or not yeah and that's true in life like my son is my son yeah whether we like each other or not um adopted kids are with their their parents whether they like it or not they didn't have much choice about what was happening 
to them. Right. And the parents may have had a choice in terms of like adopting this child, but we're, we're here together now. And you have to think about that conflict being a result of someone wanting to know with adopted kids, and we'll get into this in the next ep- episode, they want to know that you're there. And if, if there's slack in the rope or there's too much space sometimes, they will push even harder to know that you're there and create conflict so that you will come to them and let them know that you still care because they have an unmet need from the time they're very young, right. an unspoken, un- unmet need. And uh, so that conflict is going to come out in, in different ways, which we'll talk about in the next episode. But it's, it's natural for every teenager to want to know what those boundaries are and to want to push against and, and know that you're there and, and give them some guidance. Yeah. Well said. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I was going to, did you have something else that you were going to, uh, I don't know. There was one quote that I was going to share um, that, uh, that Matt put on the board, the whiteboard when we were having this discussion with the boys, yeah. the boys' dads. He said, every generation's greatest hurt is the previous generation's unhealed wounds or as a result of the previous generation's unhealed wounds. So you were talking about perspective. One of the conversations that we were supposed to have with our son was, what is it like to be you? What's it like to be a dad? Or what were you like uh, when you were my age? Yeah. And sometimes we're afraid to share some of our experiences right. for fear that they'll do the same thing. Because now, oh, dad Yeah, so you give a green light for them to go exactly. do this thing. Exactly, you know? green light for doing yeah. a bunch of stupid things right. if, if I share everything. And, but... In making ourselves known to our boys, we're showing them that it's okay for you to make yourself known, which is what we want at the end of the day. We want our teenagers to be honest with us yeah, and to tell us how they're feeling about things, what their expectations are, the mistakes that they've made, mm-hmm. right? Because it's in hiding these things and in being living in the fear that what, I'm, what I've done or who I am is going to... Uh, you know, ruin my relationship with my dad. Yeah. That actually ruins it. <laughs> yeah. It's that fear. It's not the actual thing that we've done. Well, I think that's a good picture of just who, you know, to just looking at what the Bible talks about and who Satan is and how he, you know, tries to deceive and hide and lie and, and hide things. You know, the, the darkness. Jesus represents the light. Satan represents the darkness. And as that relates to... Uh, these conversations, I think that's a, a tactic of uh, how Satan attacks our families is is that lie, just that you're, you're talking about. is like, well, I can't be honest with my son about these things because it's going to give him the green light to do this or that. And certainly there's age-appropriate discussions to have with our kids. We don't have to like lay everything out and get into gory details of mm-hmm. those types of things. But honesty... Uh, and, and keeping open conversations and being vulnerable with our sons and daughters is such a huge uh, quality um, time thing that we can do to yeah. really uh, move the needle with our relationship with them. Right. Um, and we saw a lot of dads being vulnerable this weekend, which is so I commend them for being willing to do that. Yes. Yeah. That's a. That's a good place to, to end is a, a big thanks to all the dads who were willing to to take the time, right? Yeah. The, the, quali- the quantity and the quality time to come out here and the expense and the, the willingness to be vulnerable and share what they were feeling. It was a real honor to, to sit alongside those men and, and just 
work through it together. You yeah. Know? And uh, we look forward to to many more. We try and do this twice a, twice a year at this point. So. All right. Well, well thanks for listening. I, I want to end since we've been talking about uh-huh. Matt. And, yeah. Uh, he's famous for his Latin phrases. Yes. So I will leave this podcast with uh-huh. the Latin phrase that he gave us for the week, which is a good one. It's I would prob- probably butcher the the Latin, but it's ut ameris amabilis esto, uh-huh. which is if you want to be loved, be lovable. If you yeah. want to. Uh, have good friends, be a good friend. Yeah. Basically. So um, that's a good good place to end. Good, good, uh, some wisdom to chew on there until our next podcast. Our next one. Yep. Our next one's going to be called Aircraft Carriers. Little Ooh, teaser. Little Aircraft teaser. Carriers. Think about that yep. one. Yep. So. Part two. All right. Well, thanks for listening to A Time to Sharpen. Thanks to Tom Thomas Brown for helping to um, edit this and, and make it sound good and nice and add some music and some sound effects. I hope you enjoy the little sound effects at the, at the, in the intro that he, he inserts. He's got a vast collection and knowledge of movie quotes and stuff like that. So, Thomas Brown, thank you. Man of many cats and the most lovable zombie that I know. Are they slow moving, Chief? Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Yes, the most lovable If you want to be loved, be be lovable. Tom, (laughs) the lovable guy. All right, well, we'll catch you next time on A Time to Sharpen. All right, take care. Whetstone Boys Ranch is a therapeutic boarding school located in the scenic Ozarks of southern Missouri. It was founded in 2011 to serve families from around the country who are struggling with challenging behaviors from their 12 to 16-year-old sons. Our mission is to sharpen the character of young men. Please visit whetstoneboysranch.com if you want to learn more about our program or about how to contact us for help. Thanks for listening, and we hope to catch you next time on A Time to Sharpen.